Hello, hello, what's up, what's good? Ni hao, bonjour. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting artistic, athletic people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Brilliant show for today with a really fun interview with an incredibly charismatic guest, two-time Olympic hurdler from the United States, James Carter is our guest. James competed in the 400-meter hurdles and won a silver medal at the 2005 World Championships and finished fourth at both the 2000 and 2004 Olympics. On today's episode, James chats about the two Olympic Games that he competed in and the differences in the two, and also the emotional challenges that come with finishing fourth, not once, but twice, and how it was sage advice from another Olympian that helped him move past the disappointment of a fourth-place finish. James is also a coach, and he reflects on what he wants to bring to his athletes and especially and the advice and the wisdom he tries to bring them outside of the lanes outside of the track and just mental mindset that he helps cultivate in his athletes and finally james and i we go off course we go off topic and we chat a little bit about music and the music that he grew up with and the albums that were important to him is his first musical memories and experiences and uh we definitely are in the same circles when it comes to music taste and uh, so we go back and forth and chatting about about why music is so important to him Really had a lot of fun chatting with James, especially because we went off topic. I always enjoy when conversations kind of veer and meander in different routes because that's when it's no longer an interview and it actually just feels like a regular old conversation between old friends and extremely lucky to have him on the show. He's an incredible athlete, aspiring musician, but also a solid human and who despite the challenges of 2020 had an extremely successful year personally. He finished his bachelor's degree and was married. Great conversation with James. Excited for you guys to hear it. So let's go ahead and bring on Olympian James Carter and let's learn. First up, before any major question, I got to ask, how much of that Bluebell ice cream is left? <laughs> um, that may be one gallon in the freezer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw, I saw you posting on that, that you, that you got some new Christmas cookie flavor. And I'm, you know, as an ice cream aficionado myself, I had to uh, respect that. So. Oh, yeah, that, that, that Christmas cookie is my favorite of all. And it only comes out once a year. Okay. So that when, it, when it comes around, I get about two or three and I stack it in the freezer and eat it slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how, first of all, how would you summarize 2020? And how would you handle just the emotional, the many emotional ups and downs that you faced? Um, 2020 has been very interesting. Um, uh, the pandemic hit around March. I was probably in the middle of coaching, um, here in Durant Riverside high school, uh, with one of the, one of the track coaches there. And, um, our season just got shut down. So at that point it was just work, work from home, nothing really much else going on. Um, I still go into my office at work a couple of days a week. Um, I handle all of the inventory. So I go and make sure everything is coming in correctly, make sure everybody gets what they're supposed to get. Um, but yeah, just work, work, eat, sleep, um, train a couple people on the side, raise right? small groups of kids doing things. Um, but yeah, 2020 has been up and up and down. I've, I've lost family members, uh, some friends of family, um, but like I said, ups and downs. So I actually got married this year. Very cool. And uh as previously discussed, I finished my bachelor's degree as well. So it's it's been ups and downs, but 
I've been just taking it one day at a time and trying to just make it through. Awesome. Do you feel the extra time helped you finish the bachelor's degree or were you on track regardless? No, I was actually on track. I started just a couple years back um, and just was taking it slow. Just because to be perfectly honest, I I don't like school. <laughs> I don't think most people do. But um, it was something that I promised my mom I would do a long time ago when I left school about a year early to go into the Olympic Games. And uh, I, I wanted to make sure I kept my promise. And when the opportunity presented itself, I just jumped on it. I love that. And I admire that. How was it like getting married during a pandemic? I mean, that's got to be <laughs> a little challenging. It, you know, that was another one of those things that we planned, but did not plan with the pandemic in mind. Um, I proposed on July 19th of 2019. And at that point, it was like, wow, you know, we, we got this people coming, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, friends, and wedding party and wedding here. And it went from about 150 people to about 10. Mm. And we streamed it in a private group on Facebook for a lot of people that could make it. And you know, it was it was pretty, still pretty good. Uh, we, we enjoyed it. We went away for about a week. Didn't do too much. Just, just some time off for the honeymoon and different. But again, it was done. You participated in two separate Olympic Games, an amazing accomplishment. How do the two games differ in your experiences? Uh, the, well, in short, the first Olympic Games, I was just happy to be there. I was just like, wow, I did something I wanted to do. The second one was uh, it was more so more about business, yeah. which was the more disappointing one for me because I actually was was really, really in good shape and Still to this day, I don't really, ex I can't explain what went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I enjoyed the first one more because okay. um, the way things were set up, the way things were done, it was it was just an all around better experience. And a, lo a lot of people that made both those teams will tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you that the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia was better than Athens in 04. Now, I love being at both. <laughs> I, I cherish both experiences, but I enjoy 2000 a little bit more. Another Olympian told me that finishing fourth is difficult mentally because for him, fourth was no different than 44th. So how did finishing fourth, how did that motivate you in your career moving forward? Uh, so again, 2000 and 2004 were different because mm -hmm. I got fourth in both of them. Yeah. So at 22 years old, first time really, on a scene in track and field overseas and, and Olympic games, I mean, you're, you're, I'm really making a name for myself. So getting fourth place is kind of like, okay, I didn't get a medal, but I'm here. You see me, you know who I am. I'm making a name for myself and, and that's good. I want you to know that I'm here and I'm still young enough to be here for a while. So I didn't take fourth place that bad. Plus I had run my PR at the time. So my fastest time ever on the biggest stage ever, but I come up one plot, one spot short from being on the podium. That's, that's, that's nothing to me. That's, that's like, okay, cool. I got the future is bright for me. And I'm, I'm good with that. And 2004 was like different. And it was like the four was kicking my behind because it was 2004. I had lane four mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I got fourth place. Yeah. 
and and uh like once I got fourth place, it was like, uh, not again. Yeah. And emotionally I was just drained. Mm-hmm. I was I was I you know what? And I don't, I don't a lot of people don't know this story. No, a lot of people have never asked me this, but I'll tell you this. After that after fourth place at the Olympic Games in two thousand four, I walked past Alan Johnson. Mm-hmm who also had a horrible 2004. And I was on my way to the uh, the shuttle to go back to the Olympic Village. And he said, hey man, are you good? And I said, no. I said, I don't think I even wanna run anymore. And he stopped me and goes, hey, it's just one race. And it walked off. Now at the time, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Just one race, this is the Olympic Games. Alan, what, what, what are you talking about? So I get on the shuttle, go back to my, um, my my house in the Olympic Village. I put my bag down. My roommate was uh, Doc Patton at the time. She's like, man, are you good? I don't even think I really said anything. I put my bag down and I walked around the Olympic Village at night. And I'm not sure how many people you talked to that have been in the Olympic Village, but I walked for so long, the Olympic Village got quiet. <laughs> Which is a long time. Um, <laughs> the the Olympic Village does not get quiet. There's always something <laughs> going on, but it was quiet. And I sat down on a bench and I just started thinking about everything. Like you just like I reflected on life at the time. And um I thought about everything and when I'm thinking about everything, I think back to what Alan tells me that it's just one race. And what he was meaning was, yes, yeah, the Olympic Games, but one race shouldn't define yeah. you everything that you've done everything that you want to do coming up. And um, that that helped me out a lot. Just that that long walk and and just reflecting on everything. But it was that was rough, man. I really for those for those few hours, I was just like so it, it fourth place can be rough if you if you've been doing a lot that you've a lot of work that you put in and hard work, blood, sweat, tears. Yeah, that can be rough. What a fantastic story. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate and admire your honesty. I love that. Mm-hmm. During your competition days, on the day of a race, what would you do to get yourself in the right mindset? Music. Mm. I, We're going to talk I, about I, music because I, I know music is a definitely big part of your life, and I got some music questions coming yeah, up. Yeah, it is. I, I, um, I went from <laughs> CD players to, to, well, now you can go back far <laughs> back before that, uh, Walkmans yeah. to CD players to mp3s to ipods to, <laughs> to everything even to now cell phones but um because i mean i still work out a little bit now there here and there but yeah music was always i had had music always yeah i feel that hurdlers are like the apex athlete all hurdlers can sprint but not all sprinters can hurdle what do you enjoy most about being a hurdler? Because I think it's a special type of person to be a hurdler. Uh, and I, I totally agree with you. I think it is a different type of athlete. It's a very tough athlete um, and focused um, because you have to be able to navigate over hurdles. You have to be um, coordinated enough to get over hurdles, flexible enough, powerful enough, but still be able to control your speed while navigating over hurdles. So it, it takes it takes a special individual to be able to do all of that. Yeah. You've mentioned the highs, the lows of 2020. So in what ways right now are you better than when you started the year in 2020 in January? Uh, ways that I haven't evolved. Um, I, 
I've done more reading this year. Well, because of school, of course. Um, I've done more studying up on track and field because I'm a coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've just had time to just really do a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I went from being the fiance to the husband. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot, man. I've 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 really done a lot this year. Nothing. Now I'm thinking about it. I've, I've done a lot this year. I love. That. I can see. I can see your brain turning on that. It, it really is. I have, I really hadn't thought about that one. Just because there's there's a lot that has gone on, and I've I've really put some work in this year to do different things. So yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Any coach can talk about certain techniques for spinners or hurdlers to use. And I know in your role as a coach, you're bringing something else because of your experiences, because you finished fourth in the Olympics and you've learned so much mentally and emotionally away from the actual lane and the track. What are some of your goals that you bring to your athletes? What are the things you're trying to project in to them? Um, the, the, the main thing I try to project to them is, is focus. Mm. Um, because you know, a lot of times you can get distracted by people that you have to race, times that you want to run. And uh, like there's there's one lady I coached last year, and she was chasing a, a time. I'm like, look, you know, the times will come. Keep training. And when you get into the, you know, the race that you want to get into, the times will come if you compete. You know, don't worry about trying to race this person or he or she has run faster than you and you haven't run that fast yet start questioning yourself like look the times will come focus on executing what you're supposed to do within your race and a lot of times kids don't get that experience they just train they go compete and they got to just deal with the results that come they don't have anyone to tell them how to break down a race or how to um navigate through their race at different points and different things like that so um, yeah, focus is definitely one of those things that I pass along to the kids that I coach. And uh, it's, it's one of those lessons that you don't really get unless you have someone that's been in that situation before. Yeah, exactly. Music production, big part of your life. When did that first come about? That came about in 2006. Okay. That's another story <laughs> that uh, is... is, is uh, pretty unique. I was um, actually leaving track practice. I went to my chiropractor's office, Dr. Pascal in Cary, North Carolina. And there was an IT guy working in the office whose name I forget. Uh, I want to say it was Jonathan. But he, uh, we would, I, I pulled up with music, not blasting, but yeah. you could hear the music. So when I walked in, he asked me about what I was playing because it was a local group called Little Brother. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what you know about that? So we had a you know, little quick conversation about things. And I just mentioned that, you know, I liked the production that they were doing. I wanted to learn how to make music. And he mentioned this thing called Fruity Loops. Mm, yeah. I said, okay. And he mentioned, you know, you can download it on the internet and you can go to the store and get it. It's only $100. I said, you know what? Let me try it. So I, I, on my way home, I stopped at Guitar Center and picked up a copy, took it home downloaded it and ran through YouTube and the instructions about how to use it. And many, many years later, I've still been playing around with it and making beats and 
moved on to the machine now. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I love music, man. Yeah. I noticed the drum machine videos that you got going and everything, even go messing around on Serato. I love that. Yeah. And we've talked about music throughout the conversation. So who are your earliest musical inspirations? I've seen some of the albums that you posted on Instagram. And so I know some of them, but who are your summer earliest musical inspirations? How early? <laughs> <laughs> early when it became your music. Cause I think maybe like my first musical inspiration was like my parents' music. And then there comes a time where it becomes my music. So maybe then. And, and that's why I asked because my parents played a lot of music when I was younger and it became a thing when I started hearing their music in the newer hip hop. Yeah. I was like, Oh, my mom and dad played that. So they sampled that. Oh, okay, cool. Exactly. But, um, I, I really, the first hip hop song that I can remember that made me go, wow, mm -hmm. was playing rock. Mm -hmm. And I heard that at my uncle's house and the, the sound of it sonically was different and the way it made people feel was different. And, I was just like, wow. From there, it was Crush Groove, and okay. I was I was a Beastie Boys fan. I heard Brass Monkey, and was like, wow, yeah. this song is different. I like this. And of course, Run DMC and Fat Boys, and but my favorite era of hip hop was probably somewhere from when I was in high school, middle, no, probably late middle school to through high school. Yeah, probably ninety one to ninety six was just. I will argue that era with anyone. That was the best time for hip hop music. Okay, with that, with that, what was the first CD you owned? Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. Wu Tang. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Wu Tang. I wanted to talk about because I saw that on yeah. your Instagram. I, I actually let me tell you, my mom brought me a, a radio for Christmas of ninety. Was it ninety three? Yep, it was like. I had a radio, but a boombox. It was like a boombox, but it had a tape player, had a CD player up top. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had asked her for some money to go to the store and get this album. And I, I had done a lot of stuff around the house. Good kid. She gave me some money. So I went to the store, and I asked the guy, I said, you know, I'm looking for the Wu-Tang tape. And behind him on the shelf was the Wu-Tang stuff, and it had a CD back there. And he was like, do you have a CD player? And I was like, yeah, I actually do, but I don't, I don't have any CDs. He was like, why don't you get the CD? I was like, well, my only gave me $20, but it was like $14.99. He was like, well, why would you just buy the tape? He said, like, if you get the CD, you can burn the CD. Well, not burn it, but record the CD to the tape. You can have it as a tape and a CD. And I was like, you're right, I could do that. Thank you, the CD. <laughs> So that that was the first CD I ever brought. That's fantastic. Mine was the Chronic. Mine was the Chronic. So, mm. what is the greatest hip hop album of all time? Because I I think Thirty Six Chambers is in the conversation. But what do you feel is the best hip hop album of all time? Hmm. The greatest hip hop album ever. I don't know. <laughs> ah. I'll throw mine out there first. Then Tupac, All Eyes on Me, the double album. Great guest list, production quality, and him at his finest. But I'm a West Coast guy, so I grew up out here on the West. I'm I'm a disagree only because I don't like half of the second CD. Oh, okay. Yeah, I th I think he could have combined maybe half of the second CD with the first CD, and it would have been a classic album. Yeah. But a lot of the second CD was I don't want to say pointless, and I like Tupac, but I just some of it was kind of like 
not necessary, but man, I cannot think of one that I would put over top of all of them. I really can't. Uh, but Wu Tang is a first is is a great enough conversation. Uh, favorite favorite track from the Wu Tang album? Protect Your Neck. Mm, okay, that's that's the song that made me realize who they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got in trouble for that song, basically. <laughs> um, do, do you remember? I'm not sure if you remember the box. I was going to ask you about the box. I'm so glad you're bringing about the box. Okay. Nobody knows about the box. The box, yes. <laughs> when the I box. think back to oh. thing of that of that era, I think back to music videos, and we had the box, but we didn't get it clear. So it only came in on rainy days when the clouds. We get it. It was grainy every other day. I don't know what it was out here. I'm just saying. <laughs> A friend of mine was in. My homeboy, Kiko, who I ran track with in high school, he came in the first period in high school and was talking about this group. He was like, man, it's like a hundred of them in this group. He showed me the tape and it had Wu-Tang on it. It said, protect your neck. The flip side was Method Man, M-E-T-H-O-D Man. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I went home that same day. Went home, got something to eat. I cut the box on. Video, music videos are playing and I'm in the other room but I'm not listening yeah. so when I'm making something to eat I hear something Wu-Tang Clan coming at you and I was like what is that? So now I go look at the video and I'm watching it and I'm just like oh my god what is this? So then I'm like hold up I called <laughs> to have the video replayed Okay. okay and yeah, that was that was not in mom's plan. Mom was like, "Who's?" Yeah, I was never allowed to do that either. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah so, but yeah, that yeah that that is that is my favorite song. Even to this day, um, when I work out, that's on my workout playlist. Fantastic, fantastic. And for those who don't know what the box is that we're talking about, it was it was a way to request music videos, and you would call in. It was kind of it was like I don't want to call it the bootleg MTV, but it wasn't it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't on cable, no. and. Cool. You call in and you would just sit, we would sit around and wait for someone to call in, but it happened all the time. Their videos were playing all the time, but we would just sit and wait. And then you'd see that number dial up at the bottom that says, you could see someone calling, they would enter the number and you're like, oh, I know that number, that's Fresh Prince Summertime or whatever it is. So. Mm -hmm. Another piece of nostalgia that I stumbled across on your Instagram page, maybe one of the greatest cartoons of all times, you were giving love to DuckTales. First thoughts on DuckTales. Oh, man, DuckTales was, now that was, that had to be middle school. Yeah. Because I wasn't running track or anything, but I would rush home. Exactly. To watch DuckTales and Gizmo Duck and Tailspin, Chippendale, Rescue Rangers. I would rush home. We would get out of school about 2 45, 3 o'clock. I would rush home to watch the evening cartoons. And that was one of them. And that was always one of my favorite cartoons. Scrooge McDuck had all his money, he was stingy, he was taking care of these three kids. I was. Oh man, this is great! But it always had adventures that they were going through, and then when I saw it pop up on Disney Plus, I was like, "Yo, I used to watch this like religiously." Yeah. So yeah, man, that was that was the thing. School let out, rush home, cartoons. I tell you, there was another one that they're bringing back too. Uh, I don't know what it's on. It might be a Disney Plus, but Animaniacs is coming back, and that was another in that same era. Was like, mm -hmm. oh. Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, never never imagined in a conversation with a two-time Olympian that we were talking about uh, Animaniacs and uh, DuckTales, but hey, this is perfect. You know what? A, a lot of times, and, and people on Twitter get this confused. We're well, not confused, but they, they get it misunderstood. 
we are humans. Like we're regular people, but we just happen to do the same stuff that other people do. And I've I've gotten to arguments on Twitter with people and people think they can just say anything to me. And when I cuss them back out, they're like, oh my God. I'm like, what you saying? Like, no. Like I'm I'm not that guy's gonna be like, oh, that's how you fit. No, 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 you're gonna get what you give me right back. So don't don't know. As we're in the new year, 2021, what are your goals? What are the things you're looking forward to the new year? What do you want from this new year? I want this pandemic to go away so life can get back to normal, mm-hmm. first off. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's really what I want, man. It's 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 like earth is closed and you can't really do much. You can't move like you want to. You gotta have a mask on everywhere you go. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've pulled up to the store and I get halfway from my car to the store, I'm like, damn, mask. I got to go back. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just been a hassle. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can get over the pandemic and, and not so many people have to pass away anymore because hundreds of thousands of people have died, man. That's just, it's just sad. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope we can find some way to get over this. How can people, how can they follow you? How can they stay up to date with your life? Oh, um, I'm on social media everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Mr. James Carter, Mr. James Carter. Very simple. Follow me there. Um, I'm posting something uh, sometime. Don't know what it is. Something silly for the most part. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'll make some music, post some music, uh, post some stuff from my life. Like I said, post some silly stuff. And on Twitter, I'll comment on just about anything (laughs) that comes across my timeline. But yeah, you can find me on social media, Mr. James Carter. It's a fantastic follow because you've got everything from Olympic and track related stuff to ice cream, to ducktails, to the best hip hop music and the best in the golden era of hip hop, early 90s. It's fantastic. You're the yeah. best. This was this was so much fun. Best of luck. Congrats on on the big year. You know, congrats on the your graduation, your, your degree. Congrats on getting married. The whole bit. And best of luck coaching this year as we get back to normal 2021. So thank you, man. Appreciate you for having me. This was good. I liked it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to James. Give him a follow on Instagram to keep up to date with all of his musical endeavors and and also to keep tabs on all the ice cream he's eating. <laughs> My new book. Curiosity is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. Aviento.